What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain Marty Scurll and you are listening to Behind, no sorry, what was it? Me and my friend Mark, we're gonna stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. going everyone welcome behind the gorilla we are we're back we took another week off but here we are again you got to give us credit tax season's going on doesn't mean anything for me but because of harris that's the excuse we can use and uh but 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 we got an episode today we got decent amount of stuff we can talk about and yeah it should be good yeah i'm excited this uh this worked out well i kind of I, i fully expected to use it as an excuse but i was able to knock it out nice i did the spoiler alert i did the trick where you just find one particularly weird match and just do that so you can watch it pretty quickly. I do that a lot. But we uh, yeah. got a lot of other stuff to talk about, too. Having missed last week and yep. there being a great a couple great AEW shows and the NWA returning. Yep. I think we'll have plenty to go on here. Yeah, we, we should be we should be fine. We, we should be absolutely fine. But um, all right. I don't know. What do you want to what do you want to start with? Um, I think we should start with the last thing that I watched. The thing that I missed completely last week, which was the St. Patrick's Day Slam episode of AEW. Not the whole episode, because I didn't watch the whole episode, but the thing I specifically sat down today and said, wait, I have to go back and rewatch. Which is the main event. It's very easy for us, I think, to kind of get into the habit of saying every week, oh, you know, AEW's women's division. They don't do much with them. They don't put right. them on TV a lot. I don't know who any of these people are fighting for the title. And AEW, to their credit, said, okay, what if we take the two most over women in the company and just have them kill each other in the main event for 30 minutes? Right. How would you like that? I would like it. It was great. <laughs> that was really, really good. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. As, as soon as it happened, I was that was a bad day at work, and I didn't get home until well after Dynamite had ended. But I saw people freaking out about it. I was like, man, i got to go back and check that one out. And yeah, well worth it. Well, well worth it. Thunder oh, Rosa yeah. looked like a stone cold killer, which she absolutely is. Yep. There were multiple spots in this match as I'm watching it that I think, oh man, that was nasty. All right. So this was a great match. Oh, she kicked out. How? How? <laughs> that happened like three different times. I thought, yeah. well, that's got to be it. And it just wasn't. The table spot at the end was absolutely filthy. Oh, and Thunder oh. Rosa, like, just starting to break down after she won the match was such a good touch. It was. It was. It was <laughs> great. All the way around was awesome. Oh, man. So well and done. Then, so well done. Brick Baker bled like a stuck pig for, like, 15 minutes. And someone needs to uh, help her with that. Oh, man. Oh, it was brutal, though. And, th and then, of course, this week... I haven't finished this week's episode of Dynamite yet. I've, I've got it up now. But, yeah. of course, this week she comes back and just cuts a great heel promo. Like, yeah. yeah, you're welcome. Like, I'm better than Mick Foley. You're welcome, Thunder Rosa. Really got you over there. Like, Yep. Excellent. It, excellent. Was. it was. It was really well done. Whole thing. Uh, more, please. Yeah. Really, really just more Thunder Rosa, please. Everyone else, eh. It's, man, it's, eh. Don't really care. Sorry. Anyway, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, this episode of Dynamite, a good one again. Uh, kind of 
hate to say filler episode, but kind of more of just kind of like there's not a lot. It, it set up, it, it kept going with a handful of stories, but it was more like groundwork type episode because, you know, they just came off the pay-per-view. We've had a couple of big things happen. So it was more kind of mm-hmm. like that. Um, they did a big thing with Kenny Omega, I guess, breaking up with the Young Bucks. They made a big deal out of that. Oh, okay. um, which really pissed me off. I was really like, come on, Young Bucks, join him, please. We already all hate you. Like, let's just, I was going to say, does, just that go for Kenny, it. does that make Kenny Omega face now? For me, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. so that was kind of weird. I mean, but I get it. I mean, I get it. But, um, we had the pinnacle wrestle for the first time, which is, which was fun, which is interesting. It's going to be a good faction. Um, and yeah, there was just a handful oh, of other good matches. Called. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's their name. It's a good, it's a good name too. Um, I, oh, what was the catchphrase MJF said? They have a great catchphrase. Like it fits perfectly. And now I bl- I'm blanking on what it was. Oh, it was so good though. Like that, that, that like little final line kicker that MJF okay. gave about the name. And oh, it was something like we're always at the top, or I, I don't remember what it was. It was okay. something along those lines. It was, it, it was good. And I was like, okay, that was that, that was pretty good. The segment's good. playing right now, so when MJF says it, I'll let you know. Okay. I I liked it though. Um, like it was like you know it it's it's perfect for a wrestling type thing. Like yeah. it it's good anyway. I enjoyed it. Uh, that that'll be a fun faction. Uh, the Lucha Bros are baby faces now, which is kind of confusing. Because they wrestled the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler and with uh, the Laredo kid in a six-man match. And then at the end, the Good Brothers came out and beat them up. Try- and that was like when the breakup happened. Because the Young Bucks were like, what are you doing? And like, so they're the baby faces? It's it's weird. I, I'm it's it, That's big flaw right now, AEW. Absolutely no idea. For the most part, who's heels and baby faces, other than a handful <laughs> of people. Absolutely no other than the top guys, I don't know anyone else who's baby faces and heels at this point. It's 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 so confusing. But uh that was whatever. Uh Tay Conti wrestled Nyla Rose and won. I didn't even know because I Whoa. skipped it. Um huh. if I see Nyla Rose, well, I'm looking forward I to that. skip especially Nyla I... Rose and Vicky Guerrero. There's no worse combination in the history of wrestling, probably, that I re- will never watch. Uh, as much as I like Tay Conti, don't care, not watching those two. Um, but good for her. Uh, I don't know what they're doing with her, but th- she seems to be getting a push right now. So that's that's good. I mean, they need popular women right now in the company, so makes sense. Uh, and then the TNT Championship match, Darby Allen and John Silver was a lot of fun, as as you could imagine. They play really well oh, together because they're sorry. It's when you're in the pinnacle, you are always on top. Yeah, that yeah. See, that's line. a good line. That's really good. That's a good line. <laughs> Okay, uh, sorry, I, continue. Yeah, no, thank you, thank you, because I couldn't think of what it was, but I knew it was good. Uh, no, Darby Allen, John Silver was fun, because again, they're both my height, but one of them <laughs> is probably skinnier than I am, and the other one is just a meatball, and so that was a fun, it was a, inter- it was a fun dynamic to watch, if that makes sense. Like, it played really well, and uh, I liked it. I liked that match, that was that was a lot of fun. So, um, no, it was a good show overall, another solid show and, um, sets up decent things. We'll see where it goes, but a good show of dynamite overall. So they, they're continuing to roll. Uh, finally watched back for the attack today. Been putting that off all week. 
and uh, finally got through it. And and it's solid NWO, uh, NWA show. Another another solid show. It was just it was so refreshing. Just when the opening thing happened, I was like, oh, we're we're back. <laughs> yeah, it was so nice. Like the graphics were great. The way they they set up that little intro was awesome. And then seeing the GPB studios and everything, it was like this is this is nice. It's like a warm I, blanket. <laughs> this yeah. is great. I, I really like stupidly didn't know they were going to film it in Atlanta. So when I saw them Where back, else would like it be? the same, I don't know. I, I just, I didn't think about it. I, cause they haven't had TV tapings or anything. I was like, sure. Oh, well I guess they can't travel or they can't get the arena or whatever. So to see them, I, I gotta be honest to see them like seven miles down the road from me. Yeah. And I wasn't allowed to go. was kind of disappointing. That made me yeah. sad, made me miss it. But yeah, it was great to have it back, man. It was – and it's it's nice to have like a mid-tier pay-per-view, like a $20 pay-per-view where there's yeah. a few matches that are like a big deal and a few matches that are just kind of TV taping matches. Yeah. But you're like, yeah, I think I, I got my money's worth for that. I yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, I'll be honest. The last two are the only ones that are really like sticking in my mind having watched it oh, a week ago that? now. But how in the world is the Thunder Rosa match not sticking in your mind? Was that not the co-main? No, oh, I, okay. that was the well, middle those are the match. Two, then. Oh, well, because they did they they do it like uh they do it like um, uh more like actual wrestling like New Japan like the championship matches are the main event except I guess the TV oh, one that's was before. Right. That's no, right. that's not true. The TV one was before the women's one, but then like the last two were the national and the world heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. And I'm. I did this. I remember now watching the show. I was like, wait, is this not the co-main event? Cause it's yeah. clearly the only other. Oh, right. Cause it's a number one contendership match and they, you know, elevate the belts. I get it. Great. Mm-hmm. That being said, yeah, I don't, I, I don't recall the rest of the matches in too much detail. It was yeah. just these two. Yeah. It, you know, it was, it was what it was. Everyone was getting back into the swing of things. It was very, mm-hmm. very sloppy. Um, <laughs> it was, I'm not going to lie. It was not a very well done show. Technically the announcers were awful. The ring announcing was even worse. The interviewing was even worse. So Who all of that think... was really bad. Hang um, on, let's talk. We'll, but we'll again, they've the... been out of practice for a long time. So it's been over a year. So like, you know, that's fair. Who do you think was in the crowd? Because they never cut to it the just, crowd. No, it was just other workers or other wrestlers or friends or family or whatever. It was just, yeah, I, I'm sure thought. it was just just that. Because I was surprised to hear a crowd at all. I was like, what? Yeah. Where, where is this coming from? <laughs> it's like two people. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I thought that was funny too. And they never, they didn't kayfabe it. Like I thought they no. might do the dynamite thing where they've got like the wrestlers in the crowd, right. but they didn't do that. No. They so I did think it. that was interesting. Yeah. So let's. Let's just uh, we'll we'll crap on this production we love so much for a second. <laughs> the choice to make what's her name May Valentine? Yeah, yes, it's the, the it was the worst thing I've ever seen in wrestling. I gen, I I don't understand. No. I don't because here's the thing. All right, they took Camille and said, "All right, we have this character who has a great look, who is pretty green." We're going to give her a gimmick that plays to her strengths. We're going to make her this because she looks like a million bucks. She looks like a stone cold killer. We're not going to have her come out and talk for like months. And that's going to be like a big thing. That's going to be part of her character. And it and it worked like her match with Thunder Rosa was great. She's 
a yep. powerhouse in the division. She's a lot of fun to watch. She's like a core component of that women's division. And it's weird that they can play to her strengths and like downplay her weaknesses so well and then turn around and be like, May Valentine, you know what you need to do? You need to be talking like every 15 minutes. I, I don't get it, man. I'm sure no. she's a lovely person and I get you want to like, I don't know, give her something to do and kind of bring her along. It's like the opposite of what they did with Camille. I, yeah. I don't understand it. I it don't was, understand it. Was it was awful. It's the worst interviewing I've ever heard in all my time watching wrestling by like a mile. It was un- unlistenable. Awful. Um, the announcement was terrible. Tim Storm, God bless him, was awful. <laughs> Um, everyone else they brought on was just unlistenable. They brought in uh, Terrell. She was unbearable. She almost ruined the women's match. And then Austin Idol almost ruined the main event. Like they, it was poor Joe Galley is like sitting there, and you know he's like <laughs> this is awful because he's actually a broadcaster and actually good. And so mm-hmm. he's and as someone who has been in this position, I was going to say I bet this makes it a lot worse for you because you're trained yeah, in all of this stuff. You're sitting there, and when you have someone who's just the worst, and you're like there's like nothing I can do. Like you can't be like, please be quiet. Like on the air, like (laughs) there's nothing you can do. It, you're just, it's just over. Like it's just ruined. And it was one of the worst wrestling broadcasts I've ever, uh, it might be the worst wrestling broadcast I've ever heard. It was, it was so bad. Harris, you have no idea. It almost ruined all the matches. Like it was, it was that bad. I mean, it was, it was unbearable. It was it was awful. It made the raw team look like geniuses. Like at least they actually know what they're doing. That problem is more the overproduced part of it than it is right. the actual talent of the individuals. Good Lord. Oh, so that man. was really bad. Really, really bad. Um, the ring announcement was really bad. Poor guy. Poor Kyle. He, he had one job, literally had one job announcing the main event and he couldn't even announce Nick Aldis's name. Right. I couldn't believe it. He's like, and then here we go. Nick Aldis and the champion, uh, world champion. And you're like, what the hell did you just say? All you do. The only thing you really have to nail is the name dragged out as the last thing. Like that's, that's all you really need. And he, poor guy couldn't get that. It was just all around. It was like, yeah, these guys have clearly not been here for a year. Like it was just, it was one of those type of shows. So, you know, fair enough. Again, I don't want to be too harsh on him just because I know, you know, it was, they were getting their feet back, you know, underneath them. And it showed, I will say the directing was actually pretty good. They did a pretty good job. Whoever was directing it, uh, with pretty decent camera cuts and stuff like that. Pretty Pretty decent camera work, too. So from that standpoint, the GPB guys there did – I mean, they did a good job. So I'll give them their yeah. credit. But a lot of the other guys, eh, it's, you know, they're 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 getting back. It'll be fine. They'll be fine. Like, they will be. Well, except for maybe Tim Storm. I don't know how he's going to be. Is it, They might need to find a new broadcaster. But yeah. We'll see. This, this, this is my concern for this company. Like, because we're obviously th- – this feels like our hometown promotion. And oh, yeah. we're clearly very biased and we'll continue to support them as long as we can. Yep. I, the talent attri- – obviously the timing of the pandemic was bad. Yeah. Oh, for them awful. in particular. The talent attrition yep. as their most talented prospects got signed by other bigger companies yep. is worse. Yep. And losing it, – it's a miracle Thunder Rose is still there quite it frankly. Is. Somebody said it, it on is. Twitter. They were like, is it – 
could it be any more clear that like they're trying to get the most they can out of Thunder Rosa before she signs a multi-year deal with AEW? Because that's clearly what's happening. Yeah, which is great for her, and like sure. I'm excited to see that. Same thing with uh, with Ricky Starks. You're like, yeah, I want to see him in this faction. I want to see him do bigger yeah. and better things. But at some point, man, who's going to be left? And 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 this is the other one. This is the other big one. Wade Barrett going to NXT mm-hmm. to be a commentator there because he's way he's really good at it. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. gonna have to find like their next developmental talents and another good voice on color commentary. Mm-hmm. And I hope they can do it. I don't know who they're gonna get for commentary. I, I I agree. I don't think it can be Tim Storm. I think they have no. to go find somebody else. Yes. I just don't know do. who that is. I don't know who's left because AEW's got two like two other shows now. Yeah, they're swiping up commentators left and right. They've got Big Show on there. I don't know if he's any good or not, but yeah, I haven't. Listened. It's it's gonna no, I haven't either. I haven't watched either of those shows. I barely watched Dynamite. Right, but it's gonna be hard for them to keep some level of talent that you know they're not going to be WWE or AEW or even right. like Ring of Honor. But they have to find a way to elevate the talent pool. Yep. A little bit, and I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure how they do that or what that looks like. But it'll be interesting to see. It'll be it will. fun to follow. It will. It will. We'll see what they can do. But uh, but no, I mean it was it was a solid little show overall. It was nice seeing yeah. Crimson wrestling again. I think that's the first time I've seen him wrestle in NWA. He's been there the whole time as one of the main producers. But I don't. Huh. I don't think. I, I don't think I've we've seen him in the ring yet. Maybe once. Yeah, maybe once. Near the end, he wrestled at some point, but it was nice seeing him in the ring. Um, I remember him from from TNA back in the day, like 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, and then there was just, yeah, like you said, it was just kind of a handful of decent uh, matches. They did the what are, Pope, sorry, go ahead. Tom Latimer uh, draw, mm-hmm. time limit draw, mm-hmm. which is I always like nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the Camille Thunder Rosa was a good match. I was, to be honest, pretty surprised Camille won with what thunder rose has been doing and that's one of those weird situations where you're like well this is the person we'd been building up as our kind of big indestructible monster but now she hasn't done anything in a year and now this other person is by far the hottest women's wrestler in the whole world how do you book that and so that was kind of interesting that they had camille just kind of win like that i was a little surprised but it's fine um Murdoch and Chris Masters. I'm sorry, I just can't call him Chris Adonis. I just can't. It's Chris Masters, man. It's it's Chris Masters. Uh, that was fine. Not gonna lie, wasn't my favorite match. Didn't really care too much. It just it just wasn't that interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think I tuned out most of that one because I didn't yeah. know anything about either of them. And then uh, then the main event was great. I mean, as we expected it to be. They put yeah. on exactly the show you expected, you wanted. The told exactly the story you were hoping for in a match like this. We got to honor Josephus and the question mark at the beginning and the end. And it was just, it was a great, it was a great main event and a great finish to the show. Like, you know, it was the exact opposite of AEW's pay-per-view. It was kind of a, (laughs) kind of a mass show. And then they, they really, they really sent it off with a solid, solid finish, uh, for sure, and the exact opposite. So at the end of the day, you finish and you're like, okay, that was a good show because you know mm-hmm. it ended with a great match and a great little, uh, really nice uh, touching segment there. So yeah, two other things that I want to point out, and then we can move on. Number one, 
the Nick Aldis promo at the very beginning oh, that was, great. was fantastic. Yeah. Like, it's always horrible whenever you have a wrestling show that has to go on the back of a real-life tragedy. Mm-hmm. But this is genuinely, like, one of the best, hey, we all know something very real and very terrible happened. Here's how we're going to deal with that in a wrestling show promos I've ever seen. It was it was yeah. phenomenal. And it meant all the more coming from your heel champion who just, like, puts it all aside for a second and is like, hey, we're going to put on a good show for you guys tonight. Like, it really got you mm-hmm. in the right mood, and I really, really enjoyed that. I think it's kind of easy to take Nick Aldis for granted because he's – It is easily probably the best person in the promotion which is why he's the guy but yeah he was really 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 good i enjoyed all of that number two way less serious for a second what are they calling brodus clay and indies tyrus is that his name yeah 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 tyrus obviously we all make fun of wwe and vince mcmahon for like putting too much emphasis on big guys and not enough on like storytelling and work rate and things like that it's always very funny to see even a very out of shape ex WWE guy go to an indie circuit or, you know, NWA, which is basically the indies. Yeah. And just tower over everybody there. <laughs> be like four yeah. feet taller than the guy he's fighting who's also a hoss. And you're just like, right. oh, yeah, that's right. That's what a Vince McMahon guy looks like. Like, that's why he was in <laughs> WWE because he's eight feet tall. Yeah. And My 400 word. pounds. Yeah. That was. Yep. Cool. That was a throwback of a match right there. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, oh man. man. There's something real old school about like, hey, this guy's eight feet tall and he hasn't exercised in five years, but we're going to throw him out there. And he's, he's going to wrestle a guy that's seven feet tall and weighs 300 pounds and yep. looks like a shrimp <laughs> compared to him. Yeah. Yep. That was that was wild. I would be lying if I told you that was like an amazing match, but I was like, this nah. is something to see. Like, yeah. I get it. This is like, you know, <laughs> I mean, Vince. Vince is on to something with that. Like, I I get it. It's the larger than life thing, which does exist. I'm telling you, I'll never forget the first time I went to like a close up wrestling show was the first time I went to a TNA house show. And we've already mentioned it. Speaking of Crimson, he wrestled an opening match. Crimson's like 6'6", like 6'5", or 6'6", and like 280 pounds of muscle. I remember. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. It's even better. It was Magnus. Which, it was Nick Aldis. He was in the opening match. And I remember seeing him come out. And he was kind of a mid-card. He was with the British Invasion or whatever that tag team was with Doug Williams. And uh, I'm blanking on the other guy's name. Rob. Rob Terry. I think think that was his name. (laughs) Very memorable. I'm sorry. But uh, anyway. And I remember him coming out. And we were like, you know, like second row was in the tabernacle. So you're really close. Yeah, And I remember seeing him, and this is like a mid guy, he's not like a big guy, you know, he's not yeah. one of the super big guys, but he's 6'5 and 280 pounds, like Nick Aldis, yeah. or 270 pounds, and I remember him walking by and I was like, holy crap, this isn't even the big guy, and this is the largest human being I've ever seen in person yeah. in my life, Yeah, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, oh, yeah that's how big these people are for real yeah and it was like one of those big time eye-opening experiences where you're like oh this is like this would be the biggest man on a football team like Mm -hmm. that that type of thing you know i mean obviously linemen are heavier but it was just one of those big time moments so i totally get it and that was that was one of those moments so there is something for the larger than life thing yeah but at the same time Obviously, the work rate is m- more what 
most people want to see at this point. But but every now and then it's nice to see a dude who's just 400 pounds and six yeah. foot eight just come out and you're like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was fun. Exactly. Now it's like you could literally swallow Kyle probably with one bite like and yeah. wouldn't even flinch. So that was that was yeah. fun. But anyway. That 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 aside, that that's me uh, with my little uh, Nick Aldis clout, where I've been watching him longer than than he's been NWA champion. So that's just yeah. just throwing that out there. Real wrestling fan here. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I got his I got his autograph and picture with him. Yeah, you know, before he was a champion, and I interviewed him last year. So. I was gonna say you interviewed him on the podcast. Yeah. I did too before that was ruined, but. Uh, Anyway, I don't use his, uh, he, he introduced a podcast, but the difference was he did a good job and did it right. And it's much funnier to use Marty Skrulls when he messes it up. So I keep, <laughs> that's why I keep that one in our intro. Oh, Marty. Oh, it's so good. It's like, welcome to behind. Sorry. What was it? Like, uh, that's such a great <laughs> intro. That's literally been our intro for a year. Yeah. It, it starts funny. with the John Cena one from, uh, Southpaw where he's just like, uh, so much to talk about. So many things we can't talk about. And then it goes right to Marty Skrull going, this is the villain to Marty Skrull. And you're listening to behind. I'm sorry. What was it? What was it again? And then the music just kicks in and we go with our intro. And then we have Triple H's. Me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. I have that over the music there at the beginning. tweet. I I, I didn't do that part. I just did the part with my name. Yeah, no, I know. That's. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm sorry, man. I've changed our intro a handful of times over the couple years, adding different sound things into it. But the one we have right now is perfect. And I don't think I'm ever going to change it. Like, it's just it's too it it flows too well. It just does. Yeah, I think (laughs) that's kind of the sweet spot. Honestly, that's because that John Cena quote is like my favorite quote of all time. (laughs) What a week it's been. So much to talk about. So many things. We can't talk about. Like, yeah, that's pretty much our show. Oh, man. Dude, it's exactly. it, so good. It embodies the show. It really does. I it can't wait. Does. If they're smart at Peacock, this is going to be my uh, segue into the topic, if you like. Sure. If they're smart. Also, at Peacock, tell me about the Peacock, uh, how that oh. I haven't I haven't looked at. Oh, it. I don't know. I haven't made the switch yet. Oh, WWE Network is still up. It's up until like the de- until April fourth, oh, like right okay. before WrestleMania. Gotcha. So it's it's live on Peacock. The network is still existing, gotcha. and I used it today. So is it gonna? Do you? I haven't looked into it, so I'm trying to figure out. Are is it just like WWE Network is gone? So we just cancel all that subscription and then just have to start all over and subscribe to Peacock? Is that the way it's gonna be? Or is correct? Gonna, okay, I didn't know if yeah. there was like a carryover thing we had to do. Okay. No, so gotcha. basically, like, the way I understand it is, like, Peacock paid WWE, like, a billion dollars or whatever for the right to put all of their content on Peacock. So right. instead of having a separate WWE network, when you subscribe to Peacock, for, right. like, with ads, it's only $5 a month. If you want to get it ad-free, it's $10 a month, which is what we were paying for the network anyway. Yeah. And just it, it has like The Office and Parks and Rec and one or two other terrible original programs. What are you and, talking about? Psych is on there. Oh, is it really? I didn't know that. See, I'm saying like I'm sure they I think it's Peacock commissioned like a modern miniseries reboot of like Brave New World or something. Well, it's like, also all the NBC shows. Stu- Right, right, right. No, NBC, like those, I, USA, I no it's all with. those shows. Yeah, I'm just saying they're going to try to have some like 
original series like Peacock exclusive. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. probably going to be trash. But oh, then sure. they also have, hey, here's WWE, you know? Yeah. And if they're smart, they won't do this because I think integrating the wrestling into their software is kind of an afterthought from what I've read. But like they'll put <laughs> they'll put Southpaw up there front and center because even if you're not a wrestling fan, that's a great introduction. Well, Southpaw's not even on the network. It's on YouTube. It's on the network too, though. All of it? I feel I've like they only had like before. one season. Yeah. Like it wasn't all of it on the network. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, I've watched it uh-huh. on there before. They have both seasons. But uh-huh. anyway, I'll I'll use this as my transition because what I think is going to be a problem. The reason I haven't switched to Peacock yet, and I won't until I absolutely have to. <laughs> Is because well the thing about the network is it's all the wrestling yep. right like almost ever mm-hmm. with the exception obviously of things like AEW like WWE yeah. has bought the tape rights even to things that never were in WWE or WWF at all oh, and yeah. it's really cool to have this library and to have things sorted into different collections and Very to have everything easy to indexed so you can exactly so you can search bad news brown and see like 17 matches he's been in and the most famous matches and segments and just the entirety of wrestling history all in one place and all built because it's been around for six or seven years yeah 2014 i believe is when it's it's when i was getting into wrestling i remember it and i was like huh it was wrestlemania 30 was the big kickoff for the network yeah so it's been a minute right Mm -hmm. and Peacock is a brand new streaming service, so it's already kind of a mess, and it's basically like, it's going to be like subscribing to the network in 2014 again. Yeah. Like they're going to have a lot of stuff, but they're still setting up the streaming service, so it's going to take a whole lot of time for them to get everything organized yep. and indexed. Like right now, if you subscribe to Peacock and you go to WrestleMania 30, you can't skip to the Daniel Bryan main event. Yeah. You have to fast forward through two and a half hours of shows like it's 1996 or something. Yeah. Like they don't have every segment bookmarked and mapped out. It's Do they even have videos. a bar you can like click on? I don't know. I haven't gotten it yet. This is just what I've mm-hmm. read. Weird. I, I'm sure that they do, but you might just have to like scrub through it all. Yeah. You, you can't like you have to search by the name of the show. So you can't type in Daniel Bryan and anything come up at right. least as of a few weeks ago. I, I don't doubt that they'll build a lot of that stuff back in, but it's going to take them some time and yeah. like their own published goal for having everything integrated back into Peacock the same way it was on the network, just in terms of all the content is by SummerSlam. Yeah. So we're looking at at least a few months of like using a busted half functional Peacock yep. to do all of our research, which is going to be kind of annoying. And And here's what brings me to what I thought we were going to talk about today. They have assigned some poor schmucks to watch all 17,000 hours of content on the network. Oh, my. And just cut whatever they don't want on their platform because it's horrifically offensive, which is, you know. That's our whole show. I know. (laughs) I know. So here's the thing. So people figured this out pretty early on because, you know, the early subscribers to Peacock noticed a few things were missing. Yeah. And I thought, well, look, first of all, just at a high level, I don't love that because a big part of wrestling history and a big reason we do the show is that a lot of wrestling history is stupid and bad. Yep. Like the entire premise of this show, as at I least put it half of times, our episodes is, probably yeah. will be un, 
uh, you won't even be able to watch this stuff. Right, right, right. Well, exactly. Like, so at least say, half, like, if not more. Yeah. So, one, it's going to be really funny to see, yeah, like how many things we've covered get the axe as they make yeah. this transition. But, like, I've, uh, I've always pointed this out. I think of this show as, like, explaining the things in wrestling that you would never want your friend who's just getting into wrestling to watch. Because a lot of people, when they think of wrestling, they think of one or two really tasteless, really bad things that have happened. And I think genuinely that as wrestling fans, it's important to go back and remember those things happen and say, hey, this was stupid. Vince McMahon, you're stupid. This was a baffling decision. I think you might be a bad person. This is super offensive. I think that's important. I'm being completely serious. And I don't want to live in a world where they're like, here's the world of professional wrestling where nothing bad or controversial ever happens. Like, All I know is if they if they ax the Mr. America lie detector segment, I'm out. I'm oh out. man, there's no way. I'm out. I think surely that's, that's top gotta... 10 greatest WWE moments of all time. And if that goes away, I'm out. Forget I you, I think Peacock. surely that's, yeah, that's got to stick around. But so all that being said, I don't love it. I, I, I would rather see them, you know, like put some parental guidance on it. Obviously, yeah. like yep. you have to go in and change the settings to show me all the horrifically inappropriate attitude era stuff. Cause you don't want your kids, you know, sure. stumbling onto that, whatever. I can see all of that. I hope they don't censor too much. All that being said, it's also kind of great because whenever they do, there's going to be a new article titled, Hey, Peacock cut this from the WWE network. And that'll be something I add to my list to do an episode about. Cause that's <laughs> what happened today. <laughs> yep. That's fair. So that's fair. I, I discovered that this was happening and thought to myself, Oh, I should do an episode about that. When I discovered that they censored the rowdy Roddy Piper match from WrestleMania six against bad news Brown, right? Sure. This is the one where he kind of infamously does a little bit of a blackface thing. And by a little bit of a blackface thing, I mean 50% of a blackface thing because <laughs> he painted the entire left half of his body just jet black. Roddy Piper is a national treasure. <laughs> oh, my word, dude. The promo he cuts is absolutely incredible because he like he walks up like the day before WrestleMania or whatever. He walks up to Gene Okerlund and like it's in profile. So you can only see the white half of his face unless you're in the crowd behind him and they kind of start reacting. And then he turns to the camera and you see it and you're just like, oh, man, what? Oh, geez. But the, here's the thing. It's already been taken off the network and I couldn't find it on the Internet anywhere. Like wow. I couldn't find it on Daily Motion or anything either, which kind of makes me think. And Roddy Piper kind of, I think, confirmed this in an interview. He's like, the match was nothing special. Like on, the only pe reason people remember it is because he did the half blackface thing, which seems I, I think that's true, because if it were a better match or a more insane match in some way, somebody would have like gone to the effort to put it up on yeah. YouTube or something. Yeah. And I'm sure somebody will now that it's been banned, but that hasn't happened yet. So I couldn't watch this match and like report back on how insane or not insane it actually is. So that was my plan. I had to call an audible when I couldn't find it on the Internet at all. So we're going to talk about, instead, another Roddy Piper WrestleMania match Yay! that I'm pretty sure will not make the cut when it eventually moves to Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start a list of how many things we've either covered that got cut 
or will cover now that they've been cut. We'll see how that goes. But, Mark, we're going to go all the way back to the year of our Lord, 1996. Yay. This is WrestleMania 12. Oh, yes. I'm, well, I, I knew you were talking about this. As yep. soon as you yep. uh, mentioned it, I was like, I know exactly where we're going. I thought genuinely. For the first I WrestleMania was... I ever watched. Not not live, but the first one that I ever watched. My dad had it on videotape. Yeah. It's a great one. Oh, Fa- man, favorite match of all time. Favorite match of all time. Shawn Michaels, right. Bret Hart. Yeah, that's what I have in my notes. Like mm-hmm. this is. It's a great in WrestleMania. Anyone's opinion. It's a pretty good one. Yeah, it is. I had to watch a lot of it for this, it, especially I, I pre-Attitude it. Era. It's a great mm-hmm. WrestleMania because this was the it, basically the year before the Attitude Era. I mean, it had already kind of started by '96, right. but it didn't really. It, it wasn't really till Stone Cold in 97 where it really mm-hmm. 97, 98 is really when that kicked off. But cause this still has, WrestleMania, one of the greatest theme songs <laughs> yeah. of all time. It's a great, it's a very interesting time capsule of a show, right? Because it is exactly like the transition. Yes, it is. It's one foot in and it's one foot out. And mm-hmm. that's so funny because you've got stone cold, Steve Austin yep. and he's bald but he's still working with Ted DiBiase and he's yeah. got like the million dollar belt. Like he hasn't done the whole King of the Ring thing yet, but Mm-mm. he's so close to doing it. It's just, it's absolutely wild. And then you've got Vince McMahon. This is like the last year of white meat baby face yep. announcer Vince McMahon, but he looks just like Attitude Era Vince McMahon because it's <laughs> 1996. So yeah. it's just, it's this baffling like, What's the word? Underrated commentator, too. Vince is a great play-by-play commentator. People forget because he then became, you know, the character in the next two years. But Vince in the mid-90s as the play-by-play guy is really underrated. He was a great commentator. Yeah, yeah. And he's the one who, like, welcomes you to the show and talks Mm -hmm. you through everything. It's him and Jerry the King Lawler, which is a pretty good team. Oh, yeah. We've covered them a lot in the past, but... Yeah, so it's 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 a pretty solid show, and it's a cool, like, yeah, you can tell, like, everything is about to change in the next two to three years, but it hasn't quite yet. It hasn't quite clicked, and that's super, super interesting to watch. And this match and this segment is genuinely, like, oh, man, I'm hesitant to say this. It's ahead of its time in, like, a few very noticeable ways. People say that a lot about Roddy Piper in general, and I think it's true. Like, he was bringing a grit and an edge and an intensity to what was essentially like cartoon character wrestling, even back yeah. in the eighties. And now by nineteen ninety six, like he's he's gotten older. He's he's not a full time wrestler anymore. He's the kayfabe president mm-hmm. before that became something that just got wildly out of control, you know, in the Attitude Era, <laughs> and. Like from a from a bird's eye view, what they decided to do at this WrestleMania makes a lot of sense and actually seems like something we would see today. They say, look, we've got this old wrestler. He's a legend. He's still in pretty good shape, but not good enough shape to go out and wrestle a four and a half star classic at WrestleMania. Right. What if we do a cinematic match? Kind of. Kind of. Right. Like I understand the thought process, though, it. Well, let's just get into it, and and I'll give you a little (laughs) bit of the backstory, and we'll talk about how it plays out. So as the president of the WWF in what is like 
a relatively squeaky clean WWF. It's not quite the Attitude Era is, is kind of on its way in. And the way you can tell it's on its way in uh, is because the man known as Gold Dust has has become infatuated with Rowdy Roddy Piper in his position of power and has it's a good choice. Oh, of how words. do I put this? Declared his interest. Good choice. Should of I say? Um, he's he's really yeah yeah he's reading poems about Rowdy Roddy Piper. He's got an oil painting of him that he's stroking as he talks about him. <laughs> There's a segment where he plays the bagpipes for him. All this in the build-up to WrestleMania. At one point, finally, they confront in the ring. Piper is trying to be diplomatic because he's a president, I guess. He's got kayfabe duties. He's just like, no, <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. I don't know. And Goldust slaps him. And, you know, folks, that's that's kind of all it takes for somebody like Rowdy Roddy Piper. Piper lays him out, says, if you want to fight, you'll get one, and promises that at WrestleMania, I'm going to make a man out of you. Because we're not quite in the Attitude Era yet, but like gay panic is still very real and sells very well in 1996. So <laughs> Goldust, Goldust is not quite like peak weird, but he's real androgynous. He's mm-hmm. real sexual. In that classic you know, WWF tradition of sexually harassing your coworkers, he's most definitely doing that and has been for a while. So we can't settle that with a match at WrestleMania. No, no, no. We need something much more WrestleMania-worthy. We got to have, because it takes place in Anaheim, California, a Hollywood-themed match. Mm-hmm. We're going to have us a Hollywood backlot brawl at WrestleMania. And again, let's just zoom out for a second. From a high level, Like, I get why you think we're going to do this. Like, okay, we're going to have a street fight with Roddy Piper. We can go ahead and tape a lot of it before the show. That'll allow us to work around like his physical limitations, allow us to do one or two like crazy stunts. And it'll be fine. Like I get the I get the thinking. Like this is not that unlike what AEW is doing with Sting right now in the street fight. Which is why it feels weirdly modern to go back and watch it now and you're like, no, I see what they were going for here. But uh, did they pull it off? Well, we'll we'll see. Let's talk about it. The match begins. In what appears to be an alley in, in a studio lot somewhere. Like if you've ever seen a movie set in Hollywood or been to Hollywood, been on a studio tour, that's pretty much what it is. That's yeah. what it looks like. He's standing around. There's a crowd of onlookers, like, I, you know, extras or like people working at this studio <laughs> who are like, hey, let's go watch Roddy Piper kill this guy. Like, whatever. It's weirdly unsanctioned, but also they don't talk about how sanctioned or not it is, like why the studio's allowing them to have a fight in the back alley, like a bunch of street kids is never really explained. Roddy Piper has like prepared the venue basically by taking a fire hose and just spraying down everything in sight. So it's real slick and real slippery. And he's standing there waiting with a baseball bat in hand as gold dust pulls up in a solid gold Cadillac. Not a nice gold Cadillac, like a really cheap looking one that was clearly just (laughs) painted with like house paint like a really ugly color of gold, which is such a great yeah. like cartoon character touch that I really appreciate. It's like a super like, villain. Yes. It's not right. It's not like a nice gold plated car, like a Ric Flair sort of gold painted car. It's just kind of dumpy. Like it's the yeah. perfect gold dust mobile. And it's just a really nice touch. But he comes peeling into the alley and he does like exactly 
what you'd think he might do, which is threaten to run Roddy Piper over, like just gets up real close to him and starts revving the engine and revving the engine. And Vince and Jerry are commentating this whole time. And they're like, oh, the, the mind games, the mind games. Roddy Piper's having none of those mind games. He takes the hose back out and starts spraying down the car. And it's not a garden hose, right? Like it is, it, it's, it's a like fire. A fire hose. Like there's some power to this thing. I wouldn't think it'd be enough to do any damage to the car. Um, and Dustin was Dustin Rhodes was interviewed about this later. So we're going to have some quotes from his. Oh, good, 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 good. To. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah. But hot rod sprays down the car, I guess, obscures gold Dust's vision enough for him to kind of get around him. And then he just takes the baseball bat to the car, just smashes all the windows, the side mirrors, the back windshield, Goldust like tumbles out of the passenger seat to avoid getting smashed by the baseball bat and watching this. And again, we're going to come back and we're going to, we're going to read some quotes about this, but watching this, you're like, okay, this, this really works. Like the way it's pre-taped, it's clearly pre-taped, but the way it's like edited, it's not over edited and it allows them to really look like they're wailing on each other. Mm -hmm. Like there's a few times where Roddy Piper, brutal. Yeah, like he just and it wa- and apparently it was. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. But yeah. like watching this live and assuming, oh well, it's all everything's fine and they're they're all in on it. There's like a few close calls where Roddy looks like he just misses, like decapitating Goldust with his baseball bat, and instead like <laughs> shatters a car window. Yeah. I mean, he's really getting after it. Like Hot Rod is a talented performer, and this is the perfect use of him at this point. It's just letting him go out there. And just wreck shop. I mean, it's it, it's pretty fun. It doesn't quite get to the point of being like a great street fight because it's not quite that sh- that long. But they've got like a decent amount of material here. You know, he he dumps him on the ground. There's a catering table set up because it's a Hollywood back lot. It's only one table. It's like literally a folding table with like food and stuff on it, which is kind of funny. <laughs> it's 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 the it's literally the table like here, quick, set up the prop table for this That's, match. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's mm. exactly what it is. But so he dumps a bunch of food on gold dust. There's a trash can he dumps on him that's just full of like shredded paper and nothing else. But you know, it's a it's a fun visual. And like up until this point, I'm watching this match and I'm like, you know, people talk about this as one of the worst WrestleMania matches of all time. And it's certainly not a traditional like classic, but I'm not having a bad time. I think we've covered at least twelve worst WrestleMania matches yeah. on this show, easily, easily. But even even watching this, I was like, man, am I going to have to pick another topic? Because this isn't even that weird. Not only is it like, well, now possible. that it will change, but mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just I'm just know, laughing thinking of Harris watching this, being like. This is this is fine. Like this is kind of crazy street, but it's you know it's not really our show. That just makes that just makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, like the note I, I I wrote this down. This part is not terrible. It's like maybe it's maybe like seven minutes of of action of match time that they had like five minutes worth of ideas for. So it right, drags right, a little bit yeah. near the end, but like it's not offensive. It's not bad. Finally, Goldust, by the way, has gotten zero offense in this entire time. Roddy Piper has just beaten him from pillar to post, up and down this back lot, wherever it is. Again, I don't Which know where they are. Which is kind of weird what? with the fact that he's been run over. Well, he hasn't. No, here's oh, the thing. Hasn't he hasn't been yet? run over yet. Oh, no, no, sorry. no. So Spoilers. I'm glad you mentioned that. Spoilers. Goldust finally 
gets a little bit of offense in, by which I mean he hits a low blow. Right. Roddy is staggered. Gold Dust has clearly had enough. He gets back into the Gold Dust mobile, which has just been smashed to pieces at this point, but still functions because, you know, only so much damage a bat can do. He gets in it. And then proceeds to run over Roddy Piper. Okay, I'm sorry. It. I'm sorry. I jumped the gun there. I apologize. Yeah. I'm only no, half okay. paying attention. I'm very tired. <laughs> so he does get him. Roddy kind of, you know, does the spot he where he takes jumps a up solid and pulls hit up on the too. Like, I mean, it's, it's for for you know an actual spot where he's actually doing it, and he's already like fifty something years old. Like, it's a, it looks, yeah. it's not bad. Like, it looks, it looks rough. Right, right. Well, and we'll, we'll get to that when we talk about the Gold Dust interview in a second. But he, oh, okay. he clips Roddy Piper and then peels off like he's yeah. clearly done. So he peels out. He, he he scrapes Roddy Piper's car on the way out, peels out of the parking lot. He's gone. And Roddy kind of, you know, staggers through his feet because he got hit, but not like that hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind of looks around and Jerry and Vince very fairly are like, all right, well, um, I guess that's it. I guess we're done because this was never really a, like, which makes sense though because this yeah. was never a sanctioned match of any right. sort. There they were just no ran into to... each other in the back lot and started fighting. Right. Well, they had Although, plans to be to meet fair, there, but it's just weird that they met there because it's so far away from where the actual well, show is. The show is in Anaheim at like the Anaheim Arena. It's yeah. not even in L.A. Like it's it's a right. ways away. Well. I mean, the whole point and the reason they did this, maybe I, I undersold this, is that Goldust, you know, well, Roddy Piper has a little bit of a history in Hollywood, at least one oh, very good really? movie. Yeah, um, he's actually like the reason wrestlers are in movies. Yeah. Like yeah. like literally, like people think it's Hulk Hogan. P- Piper did it before Hogan. I mean, Hogan was in Rocky Three, but as far as like the main actor in something, Piper was the first wrestler to be the lead in like a big mainstream movie. Like they live changed everything. Yeah, it really did. And it's a great movie to be honest. We should do a podcast on they live like that would, fit, yeah, all right. that would fit perfectly with our, uh, with our, we've done a couple of movies, mostly David Arquette movies, but like that would yeah. fit really well with our show. Cause they live is a great movie and Piper's just phenomenal in that. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. So, but anyway, well, that's neither here nor there. Well, so, but that being said, no, that's, that's a great point. I'm glad you settled that. Cause the whole reason they're doing this is because of Roddy Piper's like history of Hollywood and how oh, enamored yeah, yeah, yeah. gold dust is with Hollywood. That's sure. why it's a Hollywood backlot brawl. That's why they specifically said, Hey, we're going to meet up in a Hollywood studio in LA and beat the tar out of each right. Other. Of course. But Although now, the other, the other interesting part, sorry. Um, no, go ahead. you can't, not anyone can just like be in a Hollywood backlot. It's not like, no, yeah, we're exactly. going to, it's not like we're going to meet in the park at four. Like, no, right. this is not like a public area. Like you have to have access. So the fact that they both can just be like, yeah, we'll meet in this place that requires access is just yeah. even more funny. It's right. And that's kind of what I was saying at the beginning. Like, I don't know if like one of the like employees is just a big mark. It was like, no, no, I'll sneak you guys in the back. It'll be great. Like, I don't know what the kayfabe explanation for this is or yeah. was. No. Also, you know, Hot Rod destroyed the catering table, so there's going to be some really mad extras later in the day. But <laughs> all that being said, Goldust has had more than enough. He flees the scene, and Jerry and Vince are like, all right, so um, I guess that's it. All right, wow, what a match, only at WrestleMania. And then Hot Rod gets up, climbs in his truck, and peels off after him. And they're like, oh, um, okay, it looks like he's giving chase. I don't know what's going to – all right, we're going to bring it back here now. And then they just – Move on. Keep on going with the show. <laughs> yeah. 
in a great, and we'll have some more moments of this as the show goes on, but in a great, like, again, kind of synthesis of like something very modern and something very old school and cartoony. They're like, well, uh, only in the WWF on with the show. But over the next few segments, they keep cutting back to footage of the chase. And this is what I thought, like, I kind of knew this was coming, but especially the first few shots that kind of fool you, you're watching it and you're thinking, man, this shot of Roddy Piper driving through LA looks like really raw and really genuine. Harris, what, what car is he driving? He's driving, he's driving a white truck. It's, um, it's a Ford. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a it's any, a Ford specific model. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, it's a Bronco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's funny, though, because I'm watching <laughs> and you think like, do you remember a few years ago when um, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton had that House of Horrors match? I don't even remember if uh, you watched it. But oh, yeah. Remember it happened. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And the whole thing that they did, like they had this fight at the house and then Bray Wyatt got in Randy Orton's limousine. Yeah. And then rode it back to the arena, which in kayfabe was like way further away than Anaheim was from L.A. Right, right. So watching this one, I was at least like, well, I guess the timeline here sort of makes sense for what's going to happen later. If you pretend L.A. isn't the most traffic ridden place in the world. Right. But the reason that like the Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton thing was stupid or one of the reasons is WWE production values are so high that they can't make anything look real anymore. Yeah. Like outside of their own weird kayfabe bubble so you're like okay well that's obviously not happening but you're watching this footage and mark you could be forgiven in 1996 for thinking wait this looks like this white ford bronco really is just driving amok through the streets of los angeles (laughs) not only that but it must be driving through the streets of los angeles because a lot of rowdy roddy piper fans who were watching wrestlemania at home have run outside and are running alongside the car and waving <laughs> to the car as it veers through traffic. What a WrestleMania moment. Uh, Mark, do you want to, do you want to explain why this footage looks so real or do you want me to? Um, well, if you haven't guessed it already, <laughs> Harris, what happened like a couple years before this that involved a big high speed chase mm. in uh, Los Angeles in a white Ford Bronco? Well, uh, you know, I wasn't alive at the time, but I believe it's pretty well documented in several movies and TV shows. And you weren't alive docu- at the time? Docu-series. Yeah, you were. Was I? Eh, barely. I wasn't cognizant. I wasn't. I was born in December of 94. I wasn't cognizant uh, of anything, certainly. You were born in December. Good. I, did, I didn't realize you were younger than me. Yeah, okay. I didn't realize that either. Hang on. We're going to need a moment to unpack that. Huh, yeah, I was weird. born in October of 94. Huh. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Good grief, and I've been here. <laughs> Good. All right, from now oh, okay. on, Har- well, so- I'm talking down to Harris from now on. <laughs> little young so pup Mark, over here. Mark, in his uh, elderly wisdom, will remember that in go. 1994, uh, a man named O.J. Simpson may or may not, but definitely did kill his wife and her boyfriend <laughs> and then lead the entire nation on a slow-speed chase all over Los Angeles in a white Ford Bronco as everybody ran out of their house and like lined. Oh wait, hang on. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Hold on real quick. Yep. Fact check for you. Handful of people that are yelling at the, at the thing for us getting it yep. wrong. 1995, I think, or wait, oh, was on. it? Oh wait, maybe yeah. that wasn't the date. Let me see. Uh, oh, I thought it was 94. I thought so too. But then the first date when I typed it in, it said, uh, 
It said 95, but nope. No, oh. Okay, nope. Neither of us were born. You were right. I'm sorry. It was June of 94. Okay, sweet. Perfect. So we were not born. So See, we're... There, there goes there goes my credibility right out no, the window. No. Well, this <laughs> if is it wasn't kind of already, then did, that's right? just sad. But uh, This is not the kind of research I did for this show. I wasn't like, oh, let me look up O.J. By the Simpson. way, this is O.J. versus America Part 2. That's, that's what this show actually is. So... Anyway. So he did that. Infamously, the white Bronco captivated America for an entire day. Yeah. He was driving along the freeway going like 30 miles an hour. The cops shut down traffic everywhere. They were really concerned because everyone was pretty sure that he had done it at this point. They were really concerned that he was going to like find a place to stop and kill himself. So people would run out, get on the freeway with like signs supporting OJ as he was driving underneath them. They'd be like, look, it's OJ Simpson. Whoa. <laughs> Kind of All one right. of the most to insane fair, things that's ever happened in American credit, pop culture. Because it's one of the best cameos in any movie of all time with him at the beginning of in Naked Gun. One of the best cameo performances ever. <laughs> He's absolutely hysterical in that movie. Absolutely hysterical. Just going to throw it out there. Just going to throw it out there. That's very funny. Okay, sure. That's... All right. It's yeah, very yeah. relevant to what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So anyway, that happened. Probably one of the most insane things to like ever happen in American pop culture, I yeah. would say. And WWE just used footage of it two for years their WrestleMania later. chase. It was only a year. Yeah. Two years two later. Two years later. Because that's always the way WWE works. Oh, listen. Well, we have two addendums to this show. One of them is the Dustin Rhodes interview. There's a second one that we'll talk about, but oh, good. just continuing on the match right now, he is chasing gold dust through the streets of Los Angeles in his white Ford Bronco. And like three or four times we cut back to footage of this chase and it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's very on brand. I'm not going to lie. It, it's pretty hilarious, especially when you see the scenes where he's like <laughs> off the interstate and he's on like just the service streets and there's people running along the sidewalk next to him. And you really can kind of pretend that it was people watching WrestleMania in their homes. And we're like, there he is. <laughs> let's go. And we're like I, running alongside Roddy. Roddy I, I do love that. I love that touch. That That's a great, great touch. That's just, that's one of those kayfabe things. That's just wonderful. Right. Well, and apparently Roddy Piper got to keep the Bronco too. Like they wow. bought it for him to use for specifically that bit. He didn't, it, it's not like he owned a white Bronco right. and they were like, you know what we should do? No, they bought him that <laughs> truck and then he got to keep it afterwards. So he was like, well, that's pretty cool, I guess. That is pretty cool. So we cut back to the chase like two or three different times. And finally, after this was like the second match of the show, and it's now about an hour and 15 minutes in, we cut to the security monitor. where, like, you know, a reporter is standing back there breathlessly and we see gold dust in his gold dust mobile, that crappy gold Cadillac come plowing through a barricade with the Bronco right behind him in hot pursuit. He comes peeling down the ramp, slams kind of into the wall next to the entrance to the arena. By the way, don't know why Goldust in his flight chose to come to the arena where like WrestleMania was already happening. Harris, we already know you like this. go home. We, no, you know why it's because wrestlers have built They're They're basically homing pigeons. And the uh, the <laughs> ring sends out these signals to a wrestler's mm. brain, and it yeah, just draws sense. them there. That's why that they always sense. go back there. That's clearly what it is. Yep. So he look it up. Yeah. So he gets to the arena. 
Roddy Piper, hot on his heels, comes slamming in right behind him, doesn't even give him time to get out of the car. Like, as the driver's side door is opening, Piper crashes into it, almost killed Goldust in real life. He was supposed to give Goldust three seconds to get out of the car and, like, stagger into the arena, and he just didn't. He just mistimed it. (laughs) So Goldust had to, like, dive backwards into the passenger seat and then slip out the passenger seat when the camera wasn't looking. And that's why if you watch it, the announcers literally lose track of where he is. They're like, wait, where where did Goldust go? Because you were supposed to see him stumble out of the car and stagger inside. And they didn't get that shot because Hot Rod almost killed him when he pulled up and smashed into his car. Anyway, now the, the footage backstage from this point is like, again, is genuinely ahead of its time. And feels very raw and very real in a way that like nothing in modern wrestling does because you've seen so many backstage segments, you know, like WWE backstage is a kayfabe part of WWE reality that you're used right. to seeing. And it's very right. like sterilized and homogenized and it looks just like kind of every other generic hallway. And that's kind of what you're used to. This is before they would do that a lot. And it really looks and feels like they were like, uh, okay, they're back. Go get them. Go get them. Go get them. And the cameraman is just like running around backstage and it's not lit well. You can't really see that much of what's happening. There's people in like suits like running out of frame because they feel like they're not supposed to actually be on the show. But they were just hanging out backstage minding their own business and are now trying to get cover. Like there's people who are clearly just part of the crew and like black polos and they're running out of frame left and right like – Big Daddy Cool Diesel has just lost his match to The Undertaker and you see him like stagger through the curtain and then look at the camera and give this look like, wait, what the heck? Like it feels (laughs) very real and very stumbled upon in a way that nothing backstage does anymore. And it's genuinely it's genuinely pretty great. Um. (sighs) So Goldust, he's staggering back to the ring because i guess that's like the homing beacon you talked yeah, about wherever they that. are they look it up to find, scientific yeah. fact it Makes happens sense. when you get signed by wwe you get implanted with one of these homing <laughs> <Yeah>. devices <laughs> so they they finally they make their way back out into the crowd gold dust staggers back to the ring and <laughs> vince vince and jerry rightly are baffled they're like okay wait i guess that this isn't a match like none of this was ever sanctioned to begin with So I'm not sure what we need to do now. Like, do we have anything else to do? Jerry Lawler, of all people, is the voice of reason or order. He's like, (laughs) shouldn't we get a ref out here? And Vince McMahon, who is like the straight down the middle babyface commentator, is like, no, no such thing. It's not a match. And you're like, yeah, I guess. But like, we're just going to let these two guys hijack the show when they're not supposed to be here and not in a sanctioned match. To be honest, Evidently. I can kind of get a kayfabe imp- implication of Vince McMahon being like, nope, no, 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 we're not having any part of this. This this wasn't – this isn't our doing. We're mm, – yeah. this, is, this is all on their own. Yeah, but there's no effort to like clear the ring for the next match or anything. They're just like, well, I guess we'll just let them fight it out. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just fighting it out, you know, and – now, now, Goldust finally starts to get some offense in. Roddy Piper is winded, I guess, from the chase through L.A. and chasing Goldust. I don't know. You know, it, Goldust starts he's a, to He's a lot well. older, too. So, you know. Yeah, it's true. That's true. That's true. And he doesn't have weapons anymore. Like, they're just in the ring. So you can understand why, like, the actual wrestling, the younger wrestler would kind of take control here, I suppose. Right. Um, 
Gold Dust's offense, by the way, just horrifically inappropriate. This is where we really start to veer into like Peacock will not have this on their network. <laughs> oh, just why, wait till we know, get to the he, finale. He grabs him like he just grabs him by the crotch. It's not even a low blow. It's just like a handful. I and mean, he's to just, be like, fair, dragging him it's, around. It's an effective move. Yeah, and Vince like, McMahon if we're is being like serious. That's yeah. pretty effective. It makes sense. Vince McMahon is like, look, this isn't a match. There's no rules. There's no DQs. So that's about Goldust takes the advantage, you know. Uh, he's he gets, a, you know, he's he's fondling Roddy Piper a lot because this whole match started with him sexually harassing his boss, and now it's you know in that WWE tradition. Now they have a match. He's he's groping him a lot. He's groping his butt a lot. He rips his shirt off. He sits on top of him and straddles himself. There's a whole mm-hmm. lot of mm-hmm. a lot of that going on. Dustin uh, Rhodes, man, national treasure. That man is dedicated. Oh, for um, sure. No one can ever tell me Dustin Rhodes is not arguably one of the most dedicated wrestlers of all time. For yeah. better and for definitely worse. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, at one point, like Roddy Piper has his hand bandaged and starts to kind of unravel and like string itself across the ring. And Vince McMahon says, oh, it looks like he might have broken his hand earlier. Going to need you to put a pin in that. We're going to come back to that later. When did his hand the match get wrapped? Keeps going. It's a great question. Presumably, hmm. he did it himself, like with his while teeth driving. while he was driving. I do actually <laughs> love that visual. That's a great visual of him just driving. I can see the scowl of Roddy Piper right? yeah. just like seething as he's chasing down the car and then just using his teeth to like rip tape and angrily putting it on and every now and then it's making the car swerve back and forth yeah that's a great that's a very cinematic visual so it really is isn't it so it's it missed doesn't make any sense missed opportunity it, yeah it's pretty cool to think about so <laughs> finally after a few more minutes of this nonsense the crowd is not like upset by it but they're not going like super crazy for they're it either confused. they're just kind of like oh, all right here we go yeah they're, they're, they're confused. confused they're not the only ones <laughs> so finally Hot Rod has had enough. He starts to kind of hulk up in his own way. Goldust is on the top rope going for a high-risk maneuver. Roddy grabs the rope. You know, he falls. Now it's Roddy's turn to grab him by the beanbag, drag him around the ring, kick the crap out of him, kicks him with a low blow. And then, you know, it's like poetry. It rhymes, right? Like he got beaten up and kicked in the crotch and his shirt ripped off. So he beats up Goldust, kicks him in the crotch, goes to rip his bodysuit off. Uh Uh-huh. To reveal that mm-hmm. Goldust is wearing head to toe elaborate, elaborate lingerie, like oh, yes. garters and little straps that don't really like you're just there for decoration, and you know the 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 cups for the breasts or pectorals in this case, and what appear to be silk stockings, like thigh high stockings, and a little like leather thong thing for his underwear, just head to toe, like really elaborate. Yeah, 10-year-old Mark still vividly remembers this, this, <laughs> right. this, this horrific uh, ordeal that, that played yeah. out while watching so WrestleMania this is, 12. This is where I – yeah, I just want to hear about your experience as a child watching this. And I had forgotten credit, all about it till you mentioned why, it earlier, and I was like, oh, still, my goodness. To your credit, you didn't turn the television off and never watch wrestling again, which I – you know. Oh, no, no, of course not. Whew. Uh, The crowd is, you know – Confused. <laughs> yeah, Vince is Jerry's speechless. Frankly, <laughs> Vince is like, well, that's yeah. Vince is Vince doesn't have much to say either. Um, and Hot Rod cannot bring himself to cover this man for a pin in this condition, like in his half naked, 
underwear covered <laughs> Which state. Which is one of the best parts of this whole thing. You're like, yep, I buy that. <laughs> yeah. Because Vince is like, we'll cover him. And Jerry's like, really? And also, why? There's no ref. It's not Nobody's going to count. Right. So maybe that's why he doesn't do it. At any rate, he kind of he looks down at him. Goldust is horrified. He's just trying to cover himself with his hands. And Roddy Piper just kicks him in the beanbag one more time. Goldust staggers out of the ring. His manager's there and like throws a towel on top of him. And they flee the arena as Roddy Piper's triumphant bagpipe music begins to play. And we're all a little dumber for it. Um, yeah, this got real stupid and, and pretty offensive near the end. Uh, I understand why everyone speaks about this match the way they do. Not even like the top five, I think, worst things I've ever seen Goldust do. Maybe maybe oh, three uh, or four, but it's not maybe. the worst thing Goldust has ever done. I'm really curious to see how much gold dust, like in general, makes it onto Peacock. Because yeah. I feel like it can't be a lot. I feel like from the years like 1995 to 2001, he's just not going to be on the network at all. Oh my goodness! Um, Hot Rod trying to like stand in the ring and sell this triumph and like have a babyface moment with the fans after this nonsense we just watched play out is pretty funny. Like, you know, good for him because you, you like him and you want him to have a good moment. But, Mark, the cut back to Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler after we've seen all of this unfold is in and of itself one of my favorite WrestleMania moments of all time. <laughs> like, picture, you remember Titus oh, after yes. the Firefly Funhouse match? Oh, yes. One of the best timed bits I've ever seen performed and perfected by WWE it's of all time. It's the same level, Mark, because yep. like you cut it. Vince McMahon, like consummate professional babyface, straight down the line announcer character, Vince McMahon is already like the gears have switched, right? He's doing the well, you know, you never know what you're going to see in WWF. That was certainly bizarre. And now we have to talk about this main event. And Jerry Lawler, like I swear, if they didn't tell him all of that was going to happen, I wouldn't be surprised because he can't he can't say anything without breaking character for about 35 seconds. He just <laughs> looks at the camera and is trying not to laugh with his look in his eyes like, my God, what did I just witness? Yeah. How is this what I do for a living? And how do you expect me, Vince McMahon, to have anything to say about Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels <laughs> for like the next two minutes? Like, what on earth am I supposed to say? And he just gives this look to the camera that is incredible. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in wrestling because Jerry Lawler is like, he can't even maintain character enough to pretend to be horrified. He's just like, <laughs> like he's trying to choke back laughter. And he's like, <laughs> and it's incredible. And Vince McMahon is like, yeah, but anyway, now let's transition <laughs> to Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels in one of the greatest, if not the greatest, like purest, classic, traditional wrestling matches of all time. Yep. One hour for the WWE title. And Jerry's just like, how does it follow that? Like, he literally says that. And he says it like that. He's like, how is it supposed to follow that? Okay. And he kind of starts to get himself together and like transition into this main event, which is... An incredible match, and just the the whiplash you get 
is honestly worth watching this whole thing just for that. It's it's absolutely wild. And it's the kind of thing that is so clearly like proto attitude era in the way a lot of the stuff on this show is. Yeah. So watch it while you can, because I'm not sure it's going to make it to Peacock. Hey, I got it on VHS back home. All right. My dad's movies. So, okay. So I promised that there were going to be two addendums to this show, right? To, to yes. this story. Now yes. that we've broken down the match and talked about it all. The first uh, comes from Goldust and talked about an interview a few years ago where he talks about how, I mean, for better or for worse, this basically is his WrestleMania moment. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's been is. in other matches, but none that are that memorable, none that we're going to do an episode about. Yeah. And talking about it years later, we have a few choice quotes that I just want to share. So the, the plan was, you know, he shows up. He doesn't get any offense, and Piper just beats him up from pillar to post for like five minutes. He hits him with the low blow, drives off in the Cadillac, in the Gold Dust Mobile, and clips the Bronco on his way out, kind of scrapes it up, and then Roddy Piper jumps in the car and gives chase. So, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to start quoting directly from this interview. Here, please, okay? please do. It says, it didn't work like that. <laughs> to start... <laughs> To start, I pull around the corner, and there's Roddy with the bat. He drops the bat and pulls up this big fire hose and starts squirting me like that's going to stop the car, right? But it does. <laughs> already a great start. He's already like, hey, this is – I have questions. <laughs> he picks up the bat and bashes in the window. Glass went everywhere, and he cut his hand. I climbed out the other side, and he commenced to kicking my ass. For real. He hit me a couple times with the bat. He threw me into this dumpster, and it did not budge. I got a concussion. Oh. He says, Vince didn't want any blood, but and this is the most Dustin Reynolds thing of all, Dustin Rhodes thing of all time. Hey, no, you had it right the first time. Yeah, I, I said Reynolds. I meant Reynolds. You know what I mean. Yeah. Vince didn't want any blood. Right. I talked to Roddy beforehand and said, I want you to bust me open the hard way. And Roddy said, sure, no problem. <laughs> There's like, hang on, hang on just a second. There's, there's a group of wrestlers you never ask (laughs) to, to bust you open the hard way. And number one, two, three, and four are all new Jack. (laughs) Speaking of another episode and actually a quite popular episode of ours, uh, go check that one out. Um, with, uh, the, uh, mass transit incident, but, um, I mean, Piper isn't at the ve- excuse me. Piper isn't at the very top of the list, but Piper is on the list because Piper's yep. one of those individuals. Now, to be you know consummate professional in the ring, but he'll 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 beat you up for real at the same yeah. time. Like well, there's there's is. many many examples of like you know backstage or whatever because Piper was like many old school wrestlers was an actual amateur wrestling champion, like a, a really mm-hmm. good wrestler. So there was a lot of examples of him and other people actually rest, like f- fighting and wrestling for real. Um, like Piper will do it. Pi- Piper, will, you want to ask someone like Bret Hart, who's like going to baby you into it or something. Like you don't, Piper ain't going to baby nothing. He'll be like, all right, let's see. Here's a hard object. Mm. Bam. Like that's, that, 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 yeah. that's as far as the thought process is going to go. Well, and that's that's the thing. Even without this conversation, 
he's already cracking him a lot in this right, match for right. realsies without the blood. So even if they hadn't had this conversation, like he's already wailing on him. Yeah, he's pretty he's pretty fast and loose with that kind of stuff. But to bring back the gold dust quote, he says, I want you to bust me open the hard way. He said, sure, no problem. He hits me square in the forehead, not the eye. There's no blood, nothing. Ugh. So I'm like, do it again. And you can see on the second shot, he hits me in the same spot and he broke his hand. <laughs> so I've got a concussion. He's got a broken hand. <laughs> I'm pissed that we still don't have any blood. Okay, pause there a second. Yep. That's one of the most badass wrestling quotes I've ever heard in my life. I'm just going to say, say what you will, man. We've talked about Dustin Rhodes is one of the ultimate. No, no, no. I'm going to believe. Remember, that's why he's in WWF in the first place is because of yep. uh, a different episode we did at probably the greatest pay-per-view of all time, uh, WCW Uncensored 95. Um, we did a whole, I did a whole episode on that. It might be my favorite pay-per-view ever. Because it's just one after another. That King of the Road match with Dustin Rhodes and I don't even remember who he wrestled. On that tractor trailer truck driving down the back country of Georgia. That was, and then this, the, blood, the blood happened. They had to cut around it. And then they mm-hmm. got fired because of it. Yep. But uh, So Dustin Rhodes is the ultimate like, nah, man, come on, give it to me. Like he's, oh, he, he's, a, he's a dude, man. He's a dude. Oh, yeah. And that's just one of the best quotes ever. Punched me in the head. I already have a concussion. He broke breaks his hand. Still no blood. And I'm mad. Like, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, it's a good thing, basically, that they taped this earlier. Because both men did have to go to the hospital after they finished this part. And then, like, <laughs> you know, finish the match at WrestleMania a few days later. So, when Vince McMahon is like, oh, I think he broke his hand earlier. Yeah, he did. He just had it wrapped because he had to go to the hospital and get it like actually treated right, right. in real time, which is and it's funny because in every other way, they try to make it look and feel like that actually happened live. And it's weird that Vince McMahon broke that illusion because he had to know that Piper's hand was actually broken. Right. right. I don't I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. They never try to address it. But then this is the other reason they had to go to the hospital. Remember the plan? was for Goldust to get in his car, peel out, clip Bronco on the way out, and then the chase would begin. But the story continues. Goldust says, I nutshot him, jump in my car, and I'm revving up the engine. And one of the things we talked about was he's going to move out of the way as I drive past him and I clip his Bronco. I'm waiting for him to move. I'm not driving too fast, maybe 10, 15 miles an hour. I'm driving, and he's not moving. He's not moving, and his knee just buckles on the car. He grabs the hood, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, I just killed Roddy Piper. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to run him over. That, that's what you call a botch, ladies and gentlemen. That's why that bump, it's not bad, but it looks a little weird. It's not yeah. quite smooth. That's because it wasn't supposed to happen. Hot Rod just didn't get out of the way. Dustin kind of ran him over for reals. <sighs> Awesome. And yeah, both men had to go to the hospital. So that that's addendum number one to this mess is the street fight looks a little brutal because it definitely is like too brutal. We've got broken glass, broken hands, concussions. Hot Rod's getting a run over. He's like 50. It's a bit of a mess. That's addendum number one. Yay. Addendum number two is this was almost 10 times more insane 
probably would have been like one of the first three things we covered on this show and might have, I don't know, torpedoed the company or led to some really, really serious long-term consequences otherwise, because the original plan was for Roddy Piper to fight OJ Simpson at WrestleMania. Wow. That's what they wanted to do because like in 1996, this was still pretty fresh on everyone's mind. The trial had happened, which was its own insane circus. OJ had been acquitted. So Vince McMahon is like, well, I know how we can make money off this. Let's get OJ Simpson (laughs) on WWE television. Yep. And according to Bruce Pritchard, he's talked about this on his podcast. The original plan was for OJ Simpson to have a match with Rowdy Roddy Piper at WrestleMania. They got they were having talks with like OJ Simpson's people, like his management team. And Bruce Pritchard's like, at that point, they were looking for anything that had a paycheck attached to it. Because OJ Simpson's like public life was over. Right. And we floated this idea and they were talking to OJ's people. They talked to Piper about it. Piper was on board, obviously. Right. And if you go back, I, I didn't watch the whole build to this feud, but as Piper was being reintroduced in WWE in like ninety-six as the president or whatever, he was saying stuff in his promos. He was making comments about OJ Simpson and like right and wrong in America and what's going on and how to make things right. The end game was supposed to be a one-off where Piper just beat the out of OJ Simpson at WrestleMania in Anaheim, California. Yep. Basically the entire booking of that would have been the same thing. (laughs) I'm going to quote this article here. Despite Roddy Piper being positioned as the good guy beating up O.J. Simpson, this idea looked terrible for all involved and was thankfully shut down relatively quickly. (laughs) Like they started talking to O.J. Simpson's people who were like, look, if you're going to pay O.J. Simpson money, he's pretty desperate to do anything at this point. And once people like outside of his inner circle heard about it, the backlash was really, really bad. People were like, you're going to lose all of your sponsors if you bring O.J. Simpson onto your what at this point is still a pretty family-friendly product and have Hot Rod just beat him up on live television. It's a terrible look for everyone involved, but we could have had the Hollywood backlot brawl between O.J. Simpson and Rowdy Roddy Piper, which one of the greatest, in retrospect, missed opportunities of all time. Probably would have been terrible, but for this podcast, my word. Gold. Imagine. Oh, boy. So that's the story of the other Hot Rod WrestleMania match that probably will not make it onto Peacock. Couldn't find the original, but that's okay, because I think this one was way wilder and way more entertaining. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I'm surprised I haven't thought about that as a a topic, because that's a great one. I'm surprised we hadn't already done it. Yeah, me too. I started to once or twice, and I just watched the back lot portion and was like, oh, well, that's not much, and then just moved on. Interesting. (laughs) And I I didn't, like, I kind of knew what happened in the finale, but I never sat down and watched it, and I was never, I never read all the backstage stuff that went into it, like with the broken hand and the OJ stuff. I, I don't know. I didn't put the pieces together until today, but... Certainly, uh, certainly worthy, I would say. Oh, for sure. Oh, no, that that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I very much enjoyed reliving that. Oh, man. All right. Well, that was fun. Follow us on Twitter, at Behind underscore Gorilla. Also, Instagram, at Behind underscore Gorilla. For more crazy and inappropriate WWE stuff, where you can only find it there because you can't find it any longer once Peacock takes <laughs> over. 
And uh, follow me on Twitter at MarkyMarkBrand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. So do that as well. And uh, we'll be back at some point with another episode. Won't be next week. I can tell you that right now. I will for me. not be in town. But, uh, or I will be in town. Technically. But <laughs> I'll be back in town. But anyway. Uh, but we'll be back in a little bit. A couple weeks. We'll be back with a new episode. And um, yeah, any uh, final thoughts, Harris? No, I mean, look, if y'all hear of anything else that gets banned that you want us to look into, let me know, because this oh, could yeah, be a good way for us to find new material. Yeah, please, message us, message us on Twitter for sure, if any more of that comes out. All right, that does it for this episode of Behind the Gorilla. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we'll talk to you next time.